Welcome back to the Corona Cup Battle of the Bands. Today is May 14th. It is a Thursday. We have another second round matchup here. We're on a on a skeleton crew here today. It's just me and Emma, so hopefully we don't tie. Um, if we do, we will we will uh, defer. But uh, in any case, uh, the albums we're covering here today. On the one hand, we have CCR, that is Credence, Clearwater, Revival, and Green River from 1969. Uh, Green River defeated Highway to Hell by ACBC in a 2-1 to vote in the first round to get to this point. Uh, Green River takes on the final remaining album from David Bowie, that is Ziggy Stardust, or its proper title, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Now, that album came out in 1972. Uh, defeated Foreigners 4, um, I want to say by 3-1 to one vote to uh, reach this point in the bracket. Um, so, Emma, what did you think of these two albums? Um, well, I listened to Green River a few days ago by accident, um, but I, <laughs> liked, I liked it as much then as I had before. Um, is Nicky Stardust still a good album? Bowie's still good. Um so I liked them both, and I really can't go into much more detail without tipping my hand. But I did like. Sure. All right, um, we'll we'll start with uh, Bowie, I guess. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's look at at Ziggy Stardust. Uh, go ahead, Emma. Okay, so listening to it again, and I'll be honest, I didn't get through the entire thing because I've had a really busy couple of days. Weird for the coronavirus, sure. but accurate. Um, for me, um, it basically reaffirmed what I think I said last time with this album in particular. It's basically just reaffirmed to me that I am a greatest hits person for David Bowie. I'm mm. very much that way. And like, there are, um, songs off of pretty much every album of his that I've ever listened to the three here and others that I have had stuff that I liked off of, um, but there's been a lot more that like, I, I haven't hated it, but I've just been kind of like, you know, eh, okay, that that's playing. Like it's not something that I'm super, super engaged with or into. I think that he um, obviously is a very experimental, very adventurous person. And sometimes that's to his benefit. And sometimes it is very much to his detriment. Um, we already eliminated one of those albums, but um <laughs> Two of them, frankly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I liked I liked Young Americans a hell of a lot better than Black Star. Let's be let's be fair here. Young Americans was not as experimental as Black Star, but it was an experiment for him, a rock singer, to perform what is essentially a soul album. Yeah, but I I was saying like experiments that went very badly and you know burned down the laboratory. But um, but yeah. So this is probably of the three. This is the most like you know, quote unquote, classic Bowie, if there is a classic Bowie, because he's, you know, metamorphosized so many times in his career. But I think this has probably got the most stuff that things would, the, the most stuff that things would know, the most things that people would know, uh, you know, like changes isn't on this album. And it's the other probably like huge, huge, huge ubiquitous Bowie song. There are others that are popular, but this one has the giant ones. Anyway, um, so yeah, I'm I'm more gonna just do what I've been doing, which is giving an overall vibe that I had from the album rather than song by song. Mm -hmm. um, and the vibe was, yeah, like it's fine. 
It's good. Um, I don't hate listening to it or anything. It's just not super my thing. I do like Starman. Starman's my favorite David Bowie song, period. Like, it's a great, great song. Um, not even sure why I like it so much. I just do. I love that song. Um, Ziggy Stardust, of course, the great opening guitar riff that you taught me how to play, you know, back when places were open and people went went and did things and saw each other face to face. Um <laughs> It's got so much sentimental value for me now. Came it together. And then Suffragette City, you know, has the, the screaming bagpipes. and That's my favorite part of Suffragette City, other than wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, is the bagpipes. It's it's just fun, and it's unexpected, and it's like, okay, all right, David, you crazy bastard, you do your thing. Um, and Rock and Roll Suicide was good, because, you know, rock and roll, but also pretty. Um you know, so, yeah, like, I I don't want to say anything, like, overtly bad about it, because I don't have anything overtly bad to say. It's just, again, more of a, more of a greatest hits gal for, for Bowie. Yeah, you know, um, I think uh, he's one of those artists where it's hard for any one person. He's so, like, he's experimental, but beyond that, he just does so many different, like, types of music that it's rare and I would go as far as to say I've never met a person that universally loves the entirety of his catalog. Yeah. Um, you know, take for instance, the kind of central three of us that have been on the majority of these shows, the two of us and Leanne. Yeah. This is my Bowie album. Young Americans was yours. Black Star is theirs. Yeah. So there, it goes to show you how different he is, how much there is with him that is so... Um, Pick and choose, yeah. Right, yeah, you know. Um, in any case, um, yeah, I like I said, this is, this is my Bowie album. And, you know... This is the only album of his, like I own other albums of his because there are good songs on them and I generally speaking got them cheap. Um, but like, um, this is the only Bowie album that I really want to sit down and consume as an album. Um, I could take the top two or three songs off of Young Americans, Heroes, Let's Dance, and Black Star and rotate them. Or I could listen to this album. Mm -hmm. um, so, five years, I really like the, the building tension of this song. Um, and his, his vocals are pained. I think uh, I, I think I probably said this last time we covered this album, but I think he's very good at like these passionate vocals that are kind of um, ragged sounding. Yeah. Um, which is not something you expect of a wiry, pasty British white kid like. Morian as well, too. Like you don't expect really painful suffering from that. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah, and then then Soul Love is all right. Um, not my favorite on the album, but it's decent. It's not bad. Um, and then um, 
Moon Age Daydream, I, I did get fucking weird, but I'm okay with that. Um, I have tried to grapple with what this song is in principle about. <laughs> I don't really know. Um, That's not what you're meant to do with Bowie. Yeah. You fool. Well, I've listened to it so many times. <laughs> I, I've known the song forever. Like, the, the best thing, you know, there's... In some very contrived way, I guess it's somewhat of a love song. Um, but I'm not even going to, you know, I'm not high enough to sit here and try to piece <laughs> out what this song is supposed to mean. Um, Starman is a classic. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna say something here that might get me uh, shamed by the, the Bowie faithful. Um it seems to me that while most, like I said, there's he does so much different stuff. I don't know anybody that likes all of his stuff. But I also know that not that he has, to me, there are two Bowie songs that seem, for whatever reason, to rise above and to transcend and are virtually universally loved. Mm -hmm. Changes and Space Oddity. Um. Space Oddity. Major Tom. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm just... I don't know. It's the one that I always hear people associate with him if they're not super into the guy. I think it's probably, without a doubt, the song of his that gets the most radio play. Um, and it sounds maybe like you might... I don't know. I don't really like Space Oddity that much. It's not a bad song, but it's not even the best Bowie song about space. No. Like, I, that, I, okay, I know that's not as niche as it sounds because he has an ass load of songs about space, but. He's an alien, so, uh, yeah, he likes to Of course, you know. Um, you know, um, I, I know a guy that, that anytime you talk about Elvis Presley, the first thing he says is, oh, he never died, he went home. Um, that's literally exactly what I was about to say. Fuck you. Yeah, no, um, that the alien here is not Elvis. It's David Bowie. Um, in any case, uh, so yeah, he's got so many space songs and Starman is five times the song space oddity is. Yeah, definitely. I think space oddity has a place in his catalog because it was his first hit. But other than that, I don't, I don't see the love for it. You know, I was, I've been kind of off and on throughout the last week or so listening my way through a, a playlist of the rock and roll hall of fame's like 500 most influential songs mm -hmm. and space oddity popped up there. I said, now c c come on. <laughs> it's fun. It is fun. Like, like, um, I, I like the song because of some of the ironic, weird things people have done with it. But yeah, not, I don't know. I'm going to be honest here about uh, Space Oddity, at least because of the ubiquitous like comment you made. I did call David Bowie the Space Oddity or Major Tom for a very long time just because I knew of the song and I didn't know the song. And this went on for years. Um, yeah. I was referring to him by that, never having at least knowingly heard the song. Right. So that yeah. could have something to do with it. Just because, like, 
it's a moniker. I mean, and and he has several. He also has like, oh, oh, Ziggy. You know, everyone calls him Ziggy Stardust. Or the Sen White Duke. Yeah, so he's got a lot yeah. of monikers to use, but I do wonder if that's part of it. Because I I was gonna say that like changes Starman and maybe um, Let's Dance were his three like most widely loved. Yeah, he's got so many wacky like characters too, like Major yeah. Tom, Ziggy Stardust, and uh, Aladdin Sane, and the Thin White Duke are all characters. And Lazarus. <laughs> well, that that one too. Um, in any case, um, back to the actual album. Uh, Starman is a classic, and it's far better than Space Oddity. It ain't easy. I, I I still don't actually know this. I think this song is a cover, but I need to like verify that. Um, I like it though. Um, and I was I, I was uh, I was working today. I was waiting for the rain to end, and I'm sitting here listening to this album in the in the vehicle, and it's pouring on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's pouring so loud, I can't very well hear the music. Um, but that you know, it ain't easy. It's very like just light and minimalist until the chorus kicks in and it's really loud. Mm-hmm. And so the only part of it I got today was the chorus because it would <laughs> kick in and get loud enough to be heard over the rain. Um, Lady Stardust is fine. I still think it's David Bowie singing what is basically an Elton John song. Um, yeah. Uh, star is, um, is irritating. Fine, but kind of annoying sometimes. Um, you know, now that I sit here and think about it, Bowie and Elton John seem like the kind of people that should have worked together at some point, And to my knowledge, I don't think they ever did. Hmm. I can't call to mind any anything they ever did together, and it they seem like such like natural collaborators oh, to me. Yeah. And yeah, never doesn't anyway. Neither here nor there. Um, hang on to yourself. Um, I for, I think it might have been Leanne that said this, but somebody whenever we last covered this said that "Hang on to yourself" feels like a punk song. It's not very aggressive, but it's got the like rhythmic and structural elements of a punk song. And I didn't really get that a lot before, but hearing it again today, 100% this is a punk song. That is totally what it is. Um, and then the rest of this album is a, the last quarter of it is just flawless. Um, Ziggy Stardust is one of the best riffs. One of the best Bowie riff is Rebel Rebel, and I'll hear, I will hear no argument. But um, Ziggy is a close second. Um, and then uh, it's it's a weird, wacky song too. Like um, it reminds me. I always get a kick out of this. Um, I watched this show a while back. Um, it's really, I think this is, this was a brilliant idea that was going on for a little while and they don't do it anymore, but I think it was A&E, TV network, cable network A&E that was doing this and they totally should never have stopped doing this. The shows were called Live by Request. Oh yeah, you told me about this. Okay. And so you get a major artist and they got tons of huge names to do this. You get a, a big name artist, you put them in a small venue, you know, yeah, and uh, 
there's a phone number that people it's live obviously like on television live and there's uh, a phone number you can call and they'll filter you in and if they pick your call you actually get to talk to the artist and request a song of them directly to them on the phone oh that's cool and uh it was the coolest fucking thing in the world and i don't know why they stopped doing it but um bowie did one of those mm -hmm. and uh i remember two things from from watching his uh live by request show the first is um when he did ziggy stardust there's a line in the song about god given ass <laughs> and bowie by this time is in his 50s you know and he really like mellowed out around this time he was not a weird character he was basically just an ordinary guy mm -hmm. that happened to have formerly been weird ass david bowie and so watching him you know dressed in a button down and slacks <laughs> looking like an average guy sing that lyric and then he just like swivels his hips in acknowledgement of the weird lyric yeah. um, <laughs> Hey, it's the best thing you can do, right? Um, you got to acknowledge it. Um, he looks like the other thing. The other memory I have from that show is that. Uh, do you, are you familiar with his song called "Ashes to Ashes"? I don't think so. It's um like a second or third tier hit of his. You hear it once in a while, but it's not a major major song. It's supposed to be kind of the sequel to Space Oddity. It's yeah. it covers Major Tom again, but it's um it's a mostly about drug use. Yeah. Um and uh the person that requested Ashes to Ashes was like a six year old boy. Oh dear. <laughs> um his dad was with him on the phone. And he explains, here's my son, here's what he wants to hear. And you can watch on television Bowie's face just processing the fact <laughs> that his most notorious drug song was requested by a child. It's got to be and it, in a way. Yeah, he, and then he was just, you know, super nice to the kid and, and oh, yeah. very like, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. And you can see him on TV, like, as he's sweet-talking the child, just very confused <laughs> and um that that just i enjoyed that um a rare look at the man behind the various personas of david bowie i just don't like uh, thinking of him swiveling his hips because he looks like an emaciated weasel and i don't like thinking of that in a sexual way i just like that you finally found a way to uh mention that particular description of him on the show given that you've been saying it to me for years um Fair enough. Um, anyway, Suffragette City is awesome. Um, Rock and Roll Suicide is very cool, too. I might have said this before. If I didn't, I need to say it now. Do you know who has a very good cover of Suffragette City, and it makes no sense? Who's that? Is, is Cindy Lauper. I... It, doesn't, huh. it doesn't jive right in your head. No, it doesn't. But but her version of this is is far better than uh, than you than it you'd think it would be. It's a live version, and she proceed it before it. The lead up to the song is a is a um, very feminist, very pro women, fuck the patriarchy rant that she goes on 
um, that that leads into Suffragette City. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just yeah, very very cool. And this album is an excellent package. Um, now that I've rambled a lot about David Bowie, um, <laughs> let's look at CCR's Dream River. Emma, what'd you think? What? Oh. Oh, sorry. I, I, I drifted off. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I said, I listened to this a few days ago by accident because I fucked up. Um, still a great album. Still um, a lot of hits that I like. Maybe slightly lesser known hits, a few of them, than the ones on Cosmos, but I like them. Uh, Green River is fantastic. It's a great opening riff. Good way to start the album. And it's one of the times when I don't mind the title track being the first song on there. Um, cause it works here. Probably is that ordinarily a pet peeve of yours? No, but I was saying it the other day about wildflowers, how I wish it hadn't let it off because the rest of the album was so anemic by comparison. Um, oh, shit. yeah. So I was just thinking of that, but anyway, um, I think it works better here because the energy is kept up better. Um, Mm -hmm. Commotion is good. Tombstone Shadow, while not my absolute favorite on here, is still very good. Wrote a song for everyone is beautiful. For the longest time, I thought the the line was rush on forevermore because that is... (laughs) Listen to it and have that in your head and tell me it doesn't sound like that's what he's saying because John Fogarty had a functional speech impediment i'm pretty much convinced at this point <laughs> um he did um <laughs> does he does he's alive um yes he is so yeah even when i thought the line was rush on forevermore i liked the song and i still do it's very pretty and now that i know what he's saying it makes more sense and it's even more you know poignant i guess uh bad moon rising is of course just fun and I don't know. I, I feel like it's almost become a little bit of a meme at this point because it's just so, like, happy about, like, hey, hurricanes, lightning, we're all gonna die. Um, uh-huh. But it's a fun song, and, you know, I think it's I think it's apt for right now, especially. It's like a nice little anthem as we face the abyss. Um, <laughs> we got coronavirus and murder hornets and the dumbass president and everything else. Um, cops, breaking into people's houses and murdering them. Fuck you, St. Louis police. There's a bad moon on the rise. Um, yeah, hey, hey, Trump, if you're listening, fuck you. Um, <laughs> Lodi, I like, even if last time we talked about it, I had listened to the song and then still called it Lodi. Um, it looks like that. It does. Um, like, to the point where half the time I forget that it's that song until I hear it and I'm like, oh, yeah, duh. Um, <laughs> That being said, I very much like the song. It's not, like, top tier, but it's still very good. Um, Cross Tie Walker. It ended at, um, Nighttime is the Right Time, right? Because I still don't get anything that's not the deluxe version. Okay. Um, everything after Lodi, they're all, they're all good. They're all just kind of, you know, credence. Um, I like the Nighttime is the Right Time. That's probably my favorite in that, like, back half, not half, but back three. Um, but yeah, overall, like, there's a lot of stuff on here that I like. A lot of, you know, it's not as long as Cosmos. It's not quite as jam-packed with hits as Cosmos is, but it's still very, very solid. And I said when we did um, Cosmos and Led Zeppelin 2 the other day, I also would have voted for this over Led Zeppelin 2 just because I like it a lot. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's not their best album ever, but it is still very good. Fair enough. Um, I'm gonna preface this by saying that I uh, I think I've found the perfect situation in which to listen to this song. Hmm. Uh, because I did it uh, today. I was listening to it at work and my job today, as it did yesterday, as it will for the next week or so, consists of walking down a gravel road on the top of a levee in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I think that has got to be how God intended us to hear Green River. Um, it felt apt. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, very solid album. Uh, song Green River. I like the riff on this a lot. It's sassy and twangy and country, and it's very cool. Um, promotion is good. Um, it doesn't make much sense. You can't understand a goddamn word other than commotion. Um, but it's it's a decent song, you know. Um, maybe maybe use it for your uh, your improv festival next year. Yeah. There um, you Anyway, uh, Tombstone Shadow, I like. Um, I've, side one of this is amazing, excellent. Um, Tombstone Shadow is very cool. Um, wrote a song for everyone. I, if you call that a deep cut, it's the best one on here. It's a very pretty song, very um, very cool. Um, and yeah, I understand your um, um, rush on forevermore thing i play it back in my head i totally understand why you hear that and i have a similar uh comment later about a different song but um yeah wrote a song for everyone is very good um bad moon rising is i'm a little tired of it but yes it is apt for the moment it's a good little ditty about how happy we are while it, it John Fogarty fiddles while the world burns on uh, on Bad Moon Rising, uh, or guitars rather, whatever the verb of playing guitar is. Um, Lodi, I like a lot. It's one of my favorite Credence deep cuts. I think I know every word to that song. I, I don't know what it is about it that appeals to me so much, but I've always enjoyed it. Um, Cross Tie Walker and Sinister Purpose, I remembered liking, but I can't remember why. I can't remember much of them. Um, and then Nighttime is the Right Time. Uh, I remember you saying before that you thought these uh, backup singers were really irritating. Yeah. I agree. They are very irritating. But mainly what struck me here, two things about them, the backup singers. That's the only comment I have on this song, by the way, is the backup singers. Um, that is because the first thing that struck me about them is that they overpower the song. Mm -hmm. They're very loud. And you hear them over sometimes louder than anything else happening in the song. Which yeah. isn't really what a backup vocalist does. Um... But apparently these do. The second thing I, I discovered, they sing the same thing many, many times in this song, and I have no idea what the hell they are saying. <laughs> um, 
Because that was basically my entire experience of listening to this song was trying to decipher what these idiot backup singers are saying. And I don't know. However, I have a theory that I seriously doubt is correct, but I like it because it makes the song a little bit funnier. <laughs> and I'm just going to keep it in my head every time I hear this stupid song. For whatever reason, it popped into my head. They're singing the word waterbed. <laughs> I don't believe that's true, but I'm going to tell myself it is because it makes me enjoy the song more. <laughs> <laughs> waterbed. Waterbed. <laughs> anyway, you know, and, and, you know, the song... You know, it's the nighttime is the right time for being in love. And then the backup singers are talking about waterbeds. I mean, I think it writes itself. I think so. Um, Give you a suggestion. At least it ain't car sex. Um, anyway, very good album. I enjoyed it. Even if that last song just confuses the hell out of me. Um, all right. Let's vote. Um anticipating the potential for a tie i already have multiple tiebreaker votes in the can um emma give me your vote i've seen all the tiebreaker votes already and i know i'm gonna lose and that's fine because i do acknowledge and understand that it's a good that ziggy is a good album i'm gonna vote for green river because just purely personally i like it better i like more of the stuff on there I think it's a more fun album, more enjoyable for me personally to listen to. Um, so, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll have my platoon moment and I'll just make my heroic last stand for for, uh, for Green River. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm cooked and that's fine. I understand. As I sit here and picture the bracket in my head, I think it's very likely that uh, Ziggy Stardust is going to go a long way in this bracket, and you are never going to vote for it. Probably not. I'm not I'm not looking at the bracket right this second, but that's probably... Well, I'll tell you why in a second. For one thing, I'm voting for Ziggy Stardust because it's an excellent album. Take nothing away from Green River. It's very good. Um, I just feel more... I, I appreciate Ziggy as an album package more than I do Green River. Um, they're probably, in terms of, like, quantity of hits fairly equitable um but just the package of the album to me is stronger on uh on bowie's side than uh than credence and also like we said to me a person could argue this i guess on a matter of preference but to me this is bowie's number one album and um i think credence generally speaking this is not their number one album. It may not even be their number two album, depending upon who you ask. Um, so yeah, we're tied one to one here, but uh, we we went ahead and reached out to the rest of our panel. We have Leanne Cash, Charles Allen, Christian Holferty, and Andy Cantrell all weighing in for Ziggy Stardust. Um, so overwhelming uh, tiebreaker victory for Ziggy Stardust to advance to the Sweet 16 to take on yesterday's winner, American Idiot. Um, so that's why I said, that's why I said, Emma, that you are never going to vote for that album. Poor Leanne. Oh, yeah. 
I know. That's that's uh, Sophie's choice. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we we'll see how that goes, right? Um, yeah. Good God. Um, if I'm a betting man, Leanne's gonna vote for American Idiot, but I I definitely am. But uh, yeah, so let's hope we can we can save it. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. Um, in any case, um, we now know. 14 of the 16 albums in our Sweet 16. And we'll know the 15th album tomorrow when uh, the 1971 classic from The Who called Who's Next takes on Nirvana's Nevermind from 1991, 20 years later. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, so Ziggy Stardust defeats Green River here to move on. And uh, cool. Thanks, Emma, and we'll be back tomorrow with more albums. No Yay. Woo! Bye -bye, friends. <laughs>